Welcome to Post Media Sports Radio. Patrick Johnson here, your host in Vancouver. And uh, this episode is all about the Winnipeg Jets. So why not bring in Ted Wyman? Ted, how are you? I'm doing very well. Good. It's a nice, a nice day out there in Winnipeg. Yeah, not great. Uh, I was out at Blue Bombers practice this morning, actually, and it was pretty cold. Oh, well. So, you know, I mean, it's not like covering hockey where it's nice and warm. <laughs> <laughs> Although I suppose CFL generally is when we say things are getting nice and toasty again, aren't they? It should be that way, you would think. But, you know, the players tend to think that uh, it's pretty cold here. And, uh, <laughs> well, here we are. You know, it's summertime, so what better time to talk hockey? It is draft. Uh, draft is fast approaching. And uh, your Winnipeg Jets are sitting second overall, and I think we're all sort of assuming that it's going to be Patrick Lina. Is that is that it? I don't think there's any reason to believe it wouldn't be him. Uh, you know, boy, the, this organization has really taken a turn just in the last few months because just moving up this far in the draft has changed everything for them. And, uh, you know, I think from the very beginning, people believed that it would be Patrick Lina and... Uh, uh, I, I just haven't seen anything from Kevin Sheveldayoff or from the organization that would suggest anything different. They say their mind's made up and their list is set. And, uh, and I think if uh, everything goes to form and the Maple Leafs take Austin Matthews, the Jets are going to jump in and get a very dynamic player in Patrick Line. All right, well, podcast over. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, yeah let, let's, let's look back. I mean, obviously this is a team that uh, didn't make the playoffs like every other team in Canada. Um, didn't make the playoffs, you know, moved out their captain during the season, uh, certainly made a declaration that they look like they're going towards, you know, the new, the new youth movement, which everybody seems to be doing these days. And now, now to add a player like Lina, what, what, assuming he gets picked, what, what does he do to Kevin Sheveldayoff's overall plan? Well, I don't think that he thought he had a draft pick coming. He was going to slot right into the top six forwards this season. Um, when the season ended, you know, I mean, now he does. And now uh, it changes a lot of things. I mean, they, they when they traded Andrew Ladd, they didn't think this was the way it was going to go. But they did think that they had some younger players, certainly like Nikolai Ehlers, who came in and became a top six player last year. Kyle Connor, who was the top player, one of the top players, certainly in the U.S. college hockey this year, coming along down the pipe and some other very good prospects. They think they thought, it was time to start working more and more of that youth in, maybe take some hits this year and not be a playoff team, but really start building towards something special with a, with a very good group of prospects that's been classified as the best in the league by many of the experts. And then you add Patrick Laine as well, or you know, if by some chance it happens to be Jesse Pugliarvi, uh also a very great player. But you know, to bring in a player like that is going to change things a lot. And believe me, the Jets have missed one thing for their entire time since they've been in Winnipeg, and that is a true sniper. I think a lot of people believe that Patrick Laine will be that true sniper. Lots of uh, other things to consider, including on the back end. Uh, you know, Jacob Truba's name, I suppose, has come up. Uh, what do you think is going to be the resolution uh, on the blue line? Well, Sheveldaff's words exactly the other day were, I am not trying to trade Jacob Truba. A lot of people took that as gospel that he won't be traded. I took it as he's not trying to trade him. Now, if somebody comes along and offers him uh, something he can't refuse in order to pass Jacob Truba along, uh, I think that the Jets would have to do that. I think they have to consider it because the Truba camp has asked for considerable money, which I don't think he's earned yet. 
and uh, it's just it's a difficult position because they're they're bargaining on potential, and the Jets have to bargain on what they've seen. And I think that um, they 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 probably don't want to trade Jacob Truba, but their hand could end up being forced. I, I don't think this is going to be a quick negotiation. That's for sure. The other thing that keeps coming up now is you know with with the light you know the likelihood of of uh well i guess a certainty of an expansion draft i can almost say a year from now and having to think about what your roster is going to look like how much would that factor into a decision with truba it could be a factor there's no question like i i i wanted to look into that a little bit more today just to see you know just who could the jets end up losing in this draft the, the way that it's set up there's going to be some good young players available and uh and the Las Vegas Black Knights, I think that's what they're expected to be called, are, are going to go after those players. They never really had that opportunity in past expansion drafts because, you know, mostly it was uh, players who were fairly established in their careers who were made available. But if there's some really good young players made available, uh, a lot of teams are going to lose somebody. And I just don't think there's many teams that have more prospects in the stable than the Winnipeg Jets. So something's going to happen in that way. And, um, you know, the Jets said the other day what they really need is a good left-handed defenseman. I think they're saying that to go along with their right-handed defenseman, Dustin Bufflin, Jacob Truba, and Tyler Myers, but they could really use a balance out. So, again, there's another way that you could see one of those right-handed defensemen being moved, and uh, Truba seems the most likely. It's interesting. You just kind of managed to leap into what my next question was going to be, which is it's sort of a, a two-parter. What does the team need in, in sort of in an ideal sense, and then what's the reality? What will they actually get it in both in the sense of you know the draft as they you know obviously get after Lina and 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 in terms of the big picture as well. Yeah, I would see they do have another pick at uh, number twenty-two, which they got in the last deal with Chicago, and I would certainly expect them to go after a defenseman in that spot. They do have a left-handed defenseman coming up in uh, Josh Morrissey, uh, not a particularly physical defenseman, more of a puck-moving guy. And I think that it would be hard for them to put him in the lineup along with Toby Enstrom because they're very similar players. He might be for down the road after Enstrom. He might be a kind of guy that gets exposed in the expansion draft, to be, to be honest. Uh, but they did talk about needing a left-handed shooting defenseman. Uh, every year since I've covered this team, which is every year of their existence here in Winnipeg, they've needed depth in the in the uh, third and fourth lines. They have had among the worst third and fourth lines in the National Hockey League almost every year. They absolutely need something that's going to help make their power play better. They've had a, close to the worst power play in the league almost every year. They were the worst in the league last year. And even their penalty killing hasn't been great. A lot of that had to do with the fact that Mark Stewart had a, a difficult year and was injured with quite a bit of it. He had been their stalwart penalty killer, and he didn't have a good season doing that. They have to address those areas. And really, you know, they, they I think they expect Connor Hellebuck to be the goalie next year. Andre Pavlik's still here, though. So what do they do with him? What do they do with Michael Hutchinson? And uh, how, do they, how does that entire goaltending situation uh, um, work out for them? Because that's going to be a big question in training camp. Uh, that is an interesting one. I mean, Andre Pavlich almost feels like he's immortal at this point. Uh, what what do you think? How do you think that situation plays out in in net? Well, the bio window is open now. I, I don't think the Jets are planning to buy out Pavlik, but they could. And uh, you know, like, do they want to lose Hutchinson? I mean, Hutchinson would have to go to the minors if they want to keep Hellebuck as the starter and, and Pavlik as the backup, or vice versa. I think Pavlik could be a very good backup, to be honest, to a young player like Hellebuck because. 
you know, we've seen that Pavlik can get hot. And he did do it a couple of years ago and you know, did a great job of getting the Jets into the playoffs uh, for the first time. But he was back to his usual self last year. He just doesn't have the save percentage. He doesn't have the goals against average. He doesn't have enough of the big saves to carry a team. I think that most people who have watched this organization believe that Connor Hellebuck does have those attributes, but he only has 26 NHL games for his name. So it's hard to, to, to be sure of that. I think that would be a very nice combination for them, but I don't think they want to lose Mike Hutchinson, so they certainly do have a, a quandary. You uh, you mentioned that extra first-round pick uh, at number 22. You know, is it... Is it even a, a chance that they actually turn around and flip that for perhaps a, a, some kind of third-line forward who could help them right away? I think everything is a chance with this team right now. That's one thing that Sheveldayoff said. He's not long on words usually in his press conferences, but he reiterated that anybody can get traded. Any scenario can happen. And I would be very surprised if they didn't want to at least look at moving that number 22 pick and, uh, and getting something in return that uh, you know someone who can play now in return i mean they do have plenty of players to fill out their top four lines next season as it is it's just that they also could keep some of those players in the minors for another year for seasoning and and bring in somebody with a little bit more veteran savvy to try to, to mentor this team with a lot of young players i think that would be a nice thing for them to do uh, a good thing for them to do People have even mentioned Andrew Ladd's name. I highly doubt it because it would have to be an awful lot less money than he wanted before he was shipped out of here. But, again, I don't see anything as being impossible with this thing. On that note, one of the questions I'm also asking everybody is how how tempted will uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff be to make a big splash versus sticking to you know whatever his plan might be? Well, you never know everything for sure, but he's never wanted to make a big splash until now, and I just don't think he will. You know, I don't think that's part of this organization's mindset. They've gone for the draft and develop model. They've done a pretty darn good job. They've been one of the best teams in the league in the last five years of drafting and uh, getting players into the lineup and and then turning them into good players. Look at Mark Shifley as Exhibit A. And, And now you've got a chance to really develop these guys and and be something. And they're a fast team, and the NHL is becoming a skating league as opposed to a physical league. I think that they're, they're set to become something good in the next few years. I don't think they're going to go out and blow their budget on one player like Stephen Samkos. I don't, I don't think that would even be possible anyways, to be honest. But, you know, that's, that's a name that's out there, and there's lots of others. Just don't think it'll happen. But, again, you know, at some point they might – they do have some cap money. That's one thing they do have, and they might be tempted to do something like that uh, one of these years. It's it you know it was interesting to think about that forwards uh, question, which was something I had noticed earlier in the year, which is quite how amazingly good uh, that that little Wheeler pairing especially was. But then also looking at all the other options they had in their lineup, and uh, you know that that need to fill in the bottom half of the lineup, which is not. A rare, an uncommon issue in the NHL, I find. Uh, it, it's an interesting one, and one that that you know you kind of sit there and say, you know, what what is it this team really sees in, in, as a need in those spots? What kind of player or players would you see them going after? I mean, there are some interesting names out there as free agents, not just on the top end. 
Well, they need to, they need people on their third line that can actually generate offense. That's something, and even their fourth line. Like you look around the league, and there's players, there's there's lineups that have third and fourth lines who do the great job of grinding, shutting teams down, playing the big defensive minutes, uh, you know, penalty killing, all those things, but also contribute offensively. And one thing that depth have just struggled to have is is any players in that bottom six who who can do that. You know, and they last year they had Anthony Peluso and Chris Thorburn in their top fourteen forwards. Um, one of them was in the lineup almost every night. I'm not sure there's room for either of those guys at all in the Winnipeg Jets lineup next season. Uh, they, the players love Chris Thorburn, and uh, he's very popular around the league. And he's a good skater, and he's a physical guy, and he can get a few goals. But at some point, these younger guys with their wheels and with their offensive skill. And if they can learn to play a bit of a defensive game, have to move into that lineup. And the, and the Jets played a lot of young guys last year, gave them auditions. They have them right down the hall in the Manitoba Moose uh, locker room, and they can access them easily to get them in the lineup. I see this team really going younger this year, and, and I think that that's where those are the players that are going to fill those bottom six roles. And what about just looking at... You know, the, the, you've mentioned some of the guys that are ready to step in, but but I'm really kind of wondering, really, I mean, how quickly are they ready to step in? Is Josh Morrissey really going to be this team, given you know the, the defensemen they already have um, on the roster? You, you know, I mean, we've talked so much, obviously, about forwards, but that the strength of this team on defense is very impressive. It is, but as I as I said, you know, they didn't. They didn't have a very good year defensively last year. Two years ago, they were an excellent defensive hockey team. The blue liners played well, but the forwards played a much better defensive style than last year. And last year, they were trying to just transition into a slightly more offensive team because they were bringing in players like like Nick Ehlers into the lineup. And they even started the season with Nick Patan. They wanted to do it, but it didn't work. It was a backfire. They did not play well defensively. And I thought because the forwards didn't do as well defensively as they did the year before. The Blue Liners really suffered. Even though Dustin Bufflin probably had one of his best seasons, most of the rest of them didn't have that great of years. And, uh, you know, I didn't think Tyler Myers had a great year. Truba didn't have a great year. Toby Enstrom had a pretty good year. He hasn't always been as good as he was last year. And Mark Stewart had a terrible year. So, you know, and then Paul Postman ended up being in the lineup quite a bit uh, down the stretch as well. I just don't see guys... I think they could definitely improve uh, on their blue line. And, I mean, a lot of people in Winnipeg would like to see Mark Stewart take a, a seat in the press box permanently. I think he's still going to be a part of the team. But uh, if they can upgrade in some way there, they absolutely should. And I just don't know if Morrissey's ready for it. He hasn't shown it yet. I think he, he had one great start when he was in the AHL right after his first year, uh, when he was in junior, and he went to the AHL and got to the Calder Cup final. And he was terrific, and it looked like he was going to be a star. Has not played like that at all since. It's a question I've been asking everyone, and maybe it's a bit of a weird one here because I think we clearly know the answer given where we started at. But do uh, you, you think there's any way the Leafs don't take Austin Matthews? Well, I've read about it every day. I look it up on, uh, you know, <laughs> if anybody's talking, like there's a chance that they won't take him. And uh, nobody is. Uh, I covered the NHL playoffs a bit in the conference finals and talked to a lot of the national media and observers and analysts, and nobody seems to think there's any chance that they won't take them because 
they with the way it is is you've got a chance to take a franchise center to build around, and you know you you just have to do it. If you're in Toronto, you have to do it. If if it was if Matthews was a winger and Line A was a winger, then maybe it would be closer. But because it's a center versus winger situation, the Leafs have to do it. And I think the Jets uh, would would love to have the center as well because I think those are the most important positions in the league. But they will certainly be happy to have a guy who looks like he can really put the puck in the net, a guy who um, tries to emulate Timo Solani and Alex Ovechkin. And I think that people would really like to have a player like that. Uh, any team in the league would like to have a player like that. It, it's uh, <laughs> it's been an interesting one because yeah, basically everybody is like, no, he's going to, he's going to Toronto. There's no chance, and uh, you know, Winnipeg's going to be happy with Patrick Lina. And if Winnipeg doesn't get him and they get Austin Matthews instead, well, that's a terrible uh, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll be okay with it. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been a, yeah. I mean, it, that, that was certainly the thing to realize when you sat back and you looked at you know what Winnipeg was probably going to get when they got that second place win in the draft lottery and just to sit back and realize you know how much top end talent already was here you know we bring up Nikolai Ehlers and to add in another Finn there it's it is I think from my perspective a very exciting time uh, in in Winnipeg well you can really tell Patrick you can really tell what kind of a legacy players like uh and uh Alf Nelson and Anders Hedberg and Thomas Steen left in Winnipeg because Winnipeggers love European players. Mm. They love European wingers. They hate, you know, like Famous Lanny is the most popular sports figure that I can, that it may be the most popular ever in Winnipeg, and that might include Bobby Hall. Like, there, he is so beloved. And, uh, and, and for a guy to come along who might be the next Famous Lanny and come to Winnipeg, that is a kind of karma that is like, Sidney Crosby going to Pittsburgh after as Mario Lemieux was retiring. That's something that Winnipeggers will embrace and are very much looking forward to. All right, uh, Ted, uh, it's been a fascinating discussion. Thanks, uh, thanks for taking the time out to join us. Of course, where can we find you on Twitter? Well, that would be Ted underscore Lyman. Hard, hard, hard one to remember, isn't it? Yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> All right, Ted. Thanks a lot. Thanks for taking the time, and uh, and of course, uh, we'll we'll see you online very soon. Thanks, Patrick. Great to talk to you. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, we've got podcasts on every team. We've got a national podcast with John Willis. Uh, links will be uh, easy to find, so look for those, and uh, we'll check in with you soon.